You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. We've got Bush. I like to fuck. Do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bang bus think they're a good deal. Hey, my dick is small. What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? This is Drink Up. Same drunk wrestling history, fewer calories. I'm your designated host, Adam, and tag teaming with us today are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. I'm drunk, I'm old, I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking, uh, oh, I forgot what it was. Amateurs? Children. 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 (laughs) I work with fucking children. Your memory's going too, and this is Scott, the man of a thousand and four drinks. Thank you all very much for joining our episode today. Uh, we've got a good one, uh, but also ma- make sure that you also head over to whatamaneuver.net so you get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and onesies, especially for the miniature Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes. Holiday season, get to the gift giving. Get up, get over to whatamaneuver.net. It'll be awesome to find a Drunk Wrestling History t-shirt in their stockings or at your office Christmas party or, hey. That's a good, like an office white elephant. Yeah. or That's if, perfect. Yeah. Or if you're be, a very fertile family and you're Jewish, eight t-shirts for eight crazy nights. <laughs> well, you could do the t-shirt, the onesie, the hoodie. The, the hoodie, the tank, the tank top. top. No, they don't the do a tank top. The women's V-neck, the women's V-neck. regular tee. Yeah. We're giving yeah, you I, options. I know. I wish they would do a zip up uh, hoodie too. Like I would, to- I would totally buy that. That'd be fucking sweeter. A beanie cap. Oh, a beanie would rule. Yeah. 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 Beanies are awesome. Yeah. Oh, dude, I wear a beanie all winter. You know, I can have some custom made if anybody's interested. If we do like a bulk order. Could probably get some done. Okay. Let's talk about this later. Cause depending on what a bulk order means, like I might be interested like five to 10. Okay. All right. Yeah, we can maybe do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's you know what it's going to be. You guys are going to hear this on the ninth. I'm putting this up to today's Wednesday. I'm putting this up Friday. You guys are hear this on the ninth. If anyone's interested, uh, hit me up because that could make the difference. You know, what I mean, if anybody wants one, um, yeah, I for sure. I definitely want one. And depending on the price, maybe I'd buy a couple to make it happen. But if anybody yeah. wants one, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll definitely go well with the fucking shirt that you buy. Yeah. Buy a fucking shirt. Exactly. That's yeah. Anyways, we've got beverages. They have beverages and we have content. Um, oh, wait, before the content, Eddie, take it away. Okay. Well, um, just since you didn't ask me what I'm drinking, I am drinking a hot toddy. Oh, um, I, I thought we don't on the short. We don't usually ones, talk about what we're drinking on uh, no, short episodes. No, this isn't a drink up. It is. Adam already said it was. Oh, did oh, he? I it, didn't hear him say it, I didn't tell him to say oh, that. Is it not? Oh, my bad. No. Welcome to I Drunk Wrestling History, y'all. I thought it was a short episode. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see, but I don't know. Whatever. I'm drinking a fucking hot toddy. Um, first one I made came out too lemony. This time I added more honey, but I used cinnamon uh, Jack Daniels. 
Oh, and it's nice. actually Ooh, really good. Fancy. And I have a beer, a cranberry wheat beer on standby. And I gagged on a shot of uh, tequila right before we started recording. <laughs> I filled the shot glass all the way to the top, but it was too much to swallow. And then, you know, you hold it in your mouth for a second. That whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, enough about your gag reflex. Uh, I'm drinking a uh, Cali Craft Brewing Company. ACDC Juicy IPA, thanks to the host, Adam, and his uh, gift bag full of beer that he brought over. So thank you, Adam. Beer, Cheers to you. It's outstanding. I'm loving I it. Am, I have Henry Weinhardt's Vanilla Cream. Oh, yeah. The good stuff. So we're talking about uh, gagging and uh, cream <laughs> soda, that is. And then once that's done... <laughs> <laughs> Once that's done, I'm still finishing off uh, from my, from Seattle's some Jones's Berry Lemonade Soda. Oh, hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That we'll sounds see, delightful. We'll see if uh, I play Edward Forty Hands with these. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun, that would be a or, fun episode, right, actually. In the, no, in this case, Edward 12 fluid ounce hands, but still. <laughs> we did Century Club for our 100th episode, for our 200th episode. We should do Edward Forty Hands. <laughs> Adam could Jesus. do it too. You know what I mean? Adam could drink just two that 40 ounce true. bottles of whatever. Yeah, that is true. Just, just, a, will, just a $2 A and W, the two liter bottle. But at, no, uh, Adam will loot. No, cause it has to be both hands. Cause then you're fucked. You can't use either of your hands. That's the whole gimmick of it. I know so you have to have two 40 ounce bottles, one in each hand and you'll lose. And I'll tell you why, because you don't have someone here who will unzip your pants and pull your dick out for you when you have to pee. Oh, that's true. I mean, yeah. I would, Adam, but I'll have two forties in my hand. You're right. We neither of us will be able to. The only, the only two who'd be willing will have their hands filled with forties. Let me get try with my teeth, Eddie, but. or not Eddie, <laughs> Chris and Shannon. Oh wait, no, they're yours. Yeah, right. They're they're it, spoken for. It, God, just for that one thing. <laughs> if I hire someone, it's going to cost me like what a thousand dollars or something. Might be worth. No, hell no, 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 no. No, no. I'll I'll swing by fifteenth. Uh, Street on the way home from work. I'll, I'll find you someone. <laughs> no, Eddie knows people. Done. We can get that done for twenty five bucks. Yeah, tops. Yeah, that's easy. Oh, must be a Cyber Week sale. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> if the midget still worked out there, it'd be even easier. <laughs> yeah, they're half <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, what happened to this fucking episode? <sighs> Same thing that happens I every don't episode. Know if it's a drink Good up point. or a drunk wrestling, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, before we get into the episode, I have two things I want to, I have a third one, but I'll save that for one of the other shorter episodes. Um, and I already teased that about someone who's going to get buried. Um, Scott, right. you know, Adam, you don't know, but you guys aren't going to hear that today, but you're going to hear it in the next couple weeks. Um, so quickly, I just want to say thank you to our international listeners who are in Canada, the UK, Sweden, Germany, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, Ukraine, the US Virgin Islands, and that one dude in India. Thanks, that one dude. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the Wait, why'd you turn it off? Back again. Keep it going. No, that's a whole, that's a whole clip. God damn it. I heard the whole fucking song. Confidant. <laughs> okay, and one more thing before we get into this. So we did the, the last episode everybody heard. Well, no, the last episode everyone heard was the botched episode. But the last proper episode before that was WrestleMania 1. At the end of it, I mentioned how many people from that show were dead. 
Um, I got a tweet from, I want to say it was from DJ saying something about how crazy it is to watch those old shows and realize how many people were dead. So that got me thinking, how many WrestleManias do you have to go forward before nobody is dead? So in other words, Ooh. what's the most recent, what was the first WrestleMania to happen where no one has died yet? What do you, do you guys have a guess? What do you think? Uh, shit, dude, I'm going to say, well, let's see. Benoit did the thing in 2007. So I'm going to guess, dude, I'm going to go like fucking t- uh, 2010, maybe. So that's 20. That's third. That'd be 26. Ben, Benoit's first WrestleMania was. Was it? Oh, fuck. Was it 16? Okay. It, so 16. You're, it is 16. You're saying this based on every WrestleMania before that has someone dead. I believe so. Okay. All of the first. So you're saying the first 15 WrestleManias have someone dead. And then all of the ones with Benoit. Right. Because I think Benoit was at every WrestleMania from from number 16 to up 20. until 2007. Wait, no, okay. he was after 20. Well, he was at 16. He was in the triple threat match. He was. Yeah. With angle and uh, Jericho. Right. And he was, I believe at every rest. I mean, he may have missed one. Wait, but dude, I'm going to say maybe like 20, I don't know, 2010, because you got to figure in like test. Okay. So 2010 they, would be, would be WrestleMania 26. Wait, hold on. You're asking right. the most recent where nobody is yes where nobody yeah, like, is dead what was the first wrestlemania in chronological order where oh. nobody where everyone's oh, still first alive where nobody first where everyone only, is still alive is this only competitors and matches would it also include yes. like backstage oh, he, skits no i should have said that only counting wrestlers because the fink oh um, yeah, the right. fink was at every wrestlemania until like 36 or something and they'd always have um, legends like pat patterson in backstage segments that's right. why i was like so well shit just, just wrestlers in matches like no referees oh, no, just oh, wrestlers oh. wrestlers or managers wrestlers or managers you know okay got it okay so yeah like finkel was weighing on my mind pat patterson you yeah. know bobby heen and roddy piper those guys right, right. okay i want to say dude. maybe 24 25 i'll i'll say 24 okay i don't know if benoit was on that card okay um, this is taking way longer for you guys to guess than I expected. So I'm just going to tell you. Oh, wait. Um, so, you know, I know I looked it up. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Well, it's no fun now. Well, it was a trivia question. Son of a bitch. I'm All right, hold on. Well, hold on. Hold on. I didn't think that you knew. <laughs> okay. We're almost at 11 minutes uh, on this episode, by the way. Yeah. Well, well done. You throw out this fucking curveball, gets my brain spinning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, hopefully the listeners are thinking too. You know what? I'm going to go WrestleMania 12. WrestleMania 12. Wow. Okay. Um, you're both wrong. Adam's closer. 12. I think I'd have to go back and look. Uh, oh, dude, the body Donna's. Um, Chris Candido's dead. Yeah. Candido's dead. Wasn't Yoko at 12? Or was Yoko not at 12? I don't think Yoko was at 12. Okay. But yeah, Candido's dead. Okay. Um, the first one did, did Adam freeze? No. No, he's okay. alive. He's there. You were really still, dude. You were like fucking uh, oh. mannequin over there. He's focused um, on your answer. Your regular fucking Kim uh, Cattrall. Um, 26 really? is the Samantha? first one. So Wait, you're what right, number? 26. Oh, shit. I fucking had it when I said 2010. You did, you did. So the first 10, of course, there are a bunch of all guys. And then then you get to where you have Owen. Uh, and Owen was there up through, I think, 15. And then the next year, Benoit shows up. So you exactly, yeah. you're exactly right. Benoit was there through 23. 24, Umaga's dead. 
Oh, right. Um, 25, Piper, and Snooker are dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were in the Mickey Rourke ah, match. That's right. Yeah, 26 is the first one where no one's dead. And I didn't look to see if there are any after that where anyone's dead. I assume not, but that's, there might be somebody. Uh, that's um, Phoenix, right? Yeah, that was Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. We there. Yeah. Shit, see? Listeners, always go with your first answer. Because yep. I think right off the bat, I said 2009, 2010. Yeah. God damn it. Yep. All right. So I hope everyone had fun. Uh, I imagine everyone listening to this is like looking at Wikipedia, trying to figure out the answer before you reveal it. That's, <laughs> See, that's no fun. Go off well, your that's brain. What I'd be doing. I would think, think it through, but um, I did have to look up Wikipedia, though, to verify it. Got it. Got yeah. it. So I probably would have gone with 24 because I knew Benoit's last one was 23. Okay. So anyway, let's get into the episode. For this week's episode, we have compiled lists of tag wrestlers. By that definition, we mean uh, famous wrestlers who were once part of a tag team that would go on to have a famed singles career. Yeah, guys who first made their name as tag wrestlers. Correct. So so before I get any tweets from people correcting us, let me qualify this. Almost everybody started out as a singles wrestler, even if it was like their first 10 matches or the first territory they worked in. We're talking about guys who became well-known on a major level as a tag team wrestler, whether it's maybe you're in a major territory as a tag team wrestler or. I mean, to me, I thought of it as having fairly good TV coverage, maybe not national TV because there were guys who preceded national TV, but TV in a major market, that kind of thing. And when you hit that, you were part of a tag team. Yes. When and you, then yeah. you went on to have a stellar singles career. The first time you were in a major territory with major TV coverage where people would know you in a vast geographic area, you know, that kind of thing. Right. There you go. So, yeah. So it was kind of I had to figure out some way to determine it, because like I'm saying, like, look up any wrestler and they all the British Bulldogs tag team. They started out as singles guys. You know, anyone, right. the Hart Foundation, yeah, whoever the yeah. fuck you can come up with the war, the. Actually, the Road Warriors might be the and, and um well uh, I don't want to fucking mention any tag teams yet. So um there might be a couple that started out as tag teams. Yeah. Like had their first match as part of a team. So we'll see. We'll get into it. So I'm um, not going first this time. Okay. Who want right. you want to go first, Adam, or you want I me to? I guess I'm going first. Okay. Uh I'll start with Jeff Hardy. There you go. See, I've okay. got a list in front of me. Because I knew that some of the names were going to be doubled up. So I'm like scratching have out. Some <laughs> in anticipation. So I, I, but you so can I still pick, jump in. I pick three per convention. Um, but I tried to pick guys that you wouldn't. You know, I tried to stay away from the um, kind of obvious ones. All right. Okay. Go for it, Adam. So, yeah, Jeff Hardy's a great pick, dude. Like, uh, pretty much the breakup after Invasion uh, Matt becomes version one. Jeff, uh, he pre- he pretty much continues the uh, the Hardy family name or Hardy persona. Uh, Matt is now heel. He's a changed man now. Instead of the goth like wear that uh, they did when they were part of the new brood, now uh, he's now he's got his own clothing line and wearing long jackets and whatnot. Jeff is still Jeff Hardy is still Jeff Hardy. Uh, now add neon face paint. Um, yep, changing up his character. Yeah. Also, this was like 
around this time, this is when like goth style kind of evolved and how Spencer's and Hot Topic were more dark stores as opposed to pop centered, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, like goth. I don't, and, I don't remember Hot Topic and, ever being pop censored, but maybe Spencer's. I don't know. But but like more. Um, what was it? Like the emo phase, everything is dark, but now there's introductions of other colors into it. So even if something is neon colored, you could still be a dark person. Yeah, just bringing us some spring palettes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's... I guess it just really stood out when he started uh, coming out individually with uh, black lights uh, on him. Neon paint, not that. Get your head out of your asses. But um, uh, it's just so memorable when he had that ladder match against Undertaker. That was Mm -hmm, like his mm -hmm. big, big uh, push to single stardom. You're going for the biggest prize in in a match where you're more experienced than your legendary opponent. Yeah, that match made him for sure. Undertaker oh, yeah. did him a huge favor in that like, one. Yeah, absolutely. As JR said, make yourself famous, kid. <laughs> Didn't get the W, but man, he became famous. Yes, he did. And yes, I gotta yeah. say, I gotta say I'm really glad that you pointed out when the Hardy split up, Edge turned into version one or um Matt turned into version one and Jeff was still Jeff. Cause that's actually been my biggest complaint about Jeff for years. Is I to to me, I don't think Jeff Hardy's character or even his wrestling has evolved at all in 20 years. Um, I love Jeff Hardy. I'm a I'm a big Jeff Hardy fan. I hope he gets his shit together and has like one last run as a tag team with Matt. I think that's what I think that's what mm-hmm. people really want to see is the Hardys. Absolutely. Yeah, um, we want to see a good redemption Hardys, story. Like whether so individual a, or uh or together, the Hardys are still marketable. Right, right. Yeah. Um Go in there and have a good feud with um, FTR, even the Bucks, and um, fuck, at the end, put over, uh, what the fuck are they called? The scissor guys. Best friends? Like, be- oh. No, not, fuck no, not best friends. <laughs> no, uh, the what are they called? Um, huh? The acclaimed? the acclaimed. I don't know why I can't think, I guess I can't think yeah. of their name because I'm drunk. Um, but that's always been my biggest complaint about Jeff Hardy is I feel like he has not evolved as a wrestler or a character other than painting his face. He still wears the same clothes, and he's been painting his face for 20 years. Um, I, I I don't want to turn the, turn this into the Barry Jeff Hardy show, but same moves, same moves in the same sequence. I don't know. I but did he have to change? Yeah, Matt did. Like some I mean, settings had to change. Some okay, settings changed. Seen, okay. Besides Jeff Hardy, have you ever seen anyone do the exact same shit for twenty years? Maybe Ric Flair. I guess. Bret everyone's Hart. changed. Bret Hart changed not, character, but he uh, still did the same fucking moveset every match. Not for 20 years. You're talking Bret between like 85 and 98, right? 99 when he got hurt? Yeah. He always yeah. had the same fucking match, dude. I mean, right. granted, he may be in a tag team every now and then, but he was the same fucking guy. And he didn't have to change it because he was Bret Hart. It was no, always good. No, I know, but I'm saying he had half the fucking run that Jeff Hardy's had. Right. And, but and that's the he thing. Turned Jeff heel. didn't need to. And he turned heel right before the Attitude Era. Well, I think Jeff was heel for a while too. Yeah, wasn't for a he? second. Yeah, I don't know. I, I shouldn't. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't take this opportunity to bury Jeff Hardy. We're yeah. one um, guy in, and then we're like, just, oh, yeah, quick episode. I know. I know. It was just when right. Adam said that that made me think. Like that's always been my criticism of him. That it, it's it, like in 2000 find, when they split up. Yeah. They, he was Jeff Hardy, or 2002, whatever it was. He was Jeff Hardy. 
He's still exactly the same Jeff Hardy now with face paint because he didn't need to change. It's like you, you have to find the right balance of uh, change with the times, but also at the same time, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yes, that's yeah. my take on that's Jeff Hardy. Like, it's not broken. That's don't like fix the it. fine line that uh, with him. Yeah. Um, but any, right. anyways, also just uh, back and forth uh, with TNA. When he came back, he has his WWE title run. Initial uh, one going where he knocks off Triple H for number one contendership. So pretty much he has a two a heated two month rivalry with Randy Orton leading up to the Rumble. His famous jumping off what two, three stories uh, onto onto the uh, onto the set and set up there. D- doesn't get the W, but he eventually uh, he eventually wins at Armageddon. And then uh, world title uh, runs uh, against Edge, crucifies him uh, mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. TLC match and final run with uh, against CM Punk. Which was fantastic. I love that feud. With oh, Punk. that was heated. That, that was, was a great, great back and that forth. That was a great summer because that was the same summer, if I'm not wrong, that Sean and Jericho had their thing. I think you're right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just, that was good shit, pal. Yeah. As a and an edge and an edge yeah. and Undertaker, I think. I think you're right. Oh, was yeah. that the same yeah. summer? Yeah. I think that was, that was the same summer. Yeah. Yeah, I think if there's a Mount Rushmore of these type of guys that started as a tag team and then went on to have a great singles run, I think Jeff Hardy is definitely up on that Mount Rushmore. That's fair. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, just the same way that Eddie jumped out of his chair when Ruby Wright got a WrestleMania pin, I think when I found out that uh, Jeff That's Hardy true. won his first uh, WWE title, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. uh, you want to go next, Scott, or you want me to go next? You Man. sound like you didn't want to go. You, you sound like you wanted to go last. No, I I do kind of want to go last because I know that. I mean, I guess we're gonna go around we're the going table in a here. circle. Okay, all right, Thanks. yeah, go ahead, dude, go ahead. Okay, all right, my first one, and I'm actually gonna, I'm kind of, I don't know if Adam started with his strongest one, um, or biggest star anyway, but I'm starting with my biggest star because I feel like if anyone has this person, it's gonna be this one. Nobody has the other two. I'm going. I'm starting with Edge. Okay. Okay. I didn't have edge. um, So everybody knows he started with Christian, you know, like, or not started with Christian, but very early on, he tagged with Christian. Um, But technically first off, he tagged with Sable. Oh my God. That's, I didn't even think about that, dude. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) Thank you. I'm just backing up your, uh, your pick. That's a great tidbit. Okay. Yeah. Oh no. Um, I I definitely had him too, but so he started like Jeff was more me, but but yeah, um, yeah he started it. in Canada as Sexton Hardcastle. I think everybody knows that. Yes. And very early on, like after a few matches, he's teamed with Joe E. Legend um, as Sex and Violence, which I don't know what they did with the, as that tag team, but that would have been a great tag team name for him later on. You know, like, oh, yes, 2005, 2006. Yeah, for sure. If he had teamed up with even like he and Randy Orton should have been called that. You know, like he should have been sexed and Randy Orton should have been violence. God damn, you're right. You know, it was <laughs> like been a, so good. Yeah, it's a perfect tag team name for Edge. With, they would have sold a lot like of shirts. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. 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 Um, so sex and violence quickly became a stable and joining them was Christian, Bill Schoolian, Rhino, and a guy called Zach Wild. Oh, which, shit. Imagine naming yourself after Ozzy's guitar player. 
You know what I mean? It's not like some obscure guitar player. Yeah, like it's exactly. a guy who plays with fucking Ozzy in the in like the mid nineties. Yeah, he would have been better off calling himself Jakey e. Lee. Yeah, right. Yeah, people at least had forgotten about Jakey e. Lee at that point. Right. Um, he showed up in June '98 in WWE. Uh, first match, he broke Jose Estrada's neck. Didn't show up again until SummerSlam, and like you said, he teamed up with Sable. Which, damn it, I wish I had remembered that. That's a great fucking tidbit. <laughs> um, and by he wasn't on TV a whole lot. And was pretty quickly recruited by Gangrel and joined the Brood. And he and Christian wrestled a lot, I would say, to the point that you would consider them a tag team. You know, not every right, match. Right. But for the most part, you would think of them as a tag team. So that's why I picked him. Not based on the shit in Canada that nobody saw, but based on him starting out with Christian. Like, really becoming a thing with Christian. Um, not long after he joined the Brood, the three of them got abducted by the ministry and, like, culted into the fucking cult. Like, I don't remember who they did. The ministry was crazy because I've been watching those old episodes and they would like, I don't know what they did to the brood. They might have done it like off camera, but Mitty and they like cut his stomach open and shit. Um, <laughs> and like, I don't know how they did that. They like had like David Copperfield come in and set something up or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it was like really fucking gory and shit. Um, so like Under- Undertaker was completely lost his mind at that point. Yes, completely. Um, and then they ended up leaving the ministry and they ended up becoming like the edge and Christian that everyone knows and loves who were part of the tag team, the TLC matches and this and that and had their few year run um, ended up being one of the best tag teams. They were my favorite tag team of that era. And they're your number one tag team. They're my, uh No, no. The Rockers are my number one tag team. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Rockers. are. One. Yeah. They're my number one tag team after that. And since then, it's the Usos. Um, y- you can't even argue that. Yeah. Um, they were, is that your dog, Scott? Yes, it is. Okay, good. She's um, being a bitch, literally. All right. <laughs> Mine's asleep on the couch, I think. Let me see. Lucky. Actually, I don't know where she went. I hope she didn't jump off the couch. My dog is still wrapped in its ballpark casing. I didn't even know. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't even know you had a dog, Adam, because you don't like dogs. <laughs> all right. I don't hate um, dogs. It's just the, it's a story. You don't love dogs. Yeah. Um, so basically, after the tag team with Christian, he went on to have one of the greatest runs in WWE history. And someday we're going to do an episode about him, maybe after he retires. Yeah. Um, Which he says me, he wants to do in Canada. Yeah, he wants or to do in Canada. He wants to August. do specifically in Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah, to me, he's one of the best of all time. Like, he might crack my top five. He's Chris's number one by far. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he might he might be in my top five. Um. Another Mount so, Rushmore face, if you ask me. In this genre sure. of, of people we're discussing. Yeah, yeah, it's Jeff Hardy and Edge so far for me. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so just to give you his um, credentials as far as championships, 11 world championships, counting like the both, you know, there's two, 11. He's got five IC championships, one US championship, um, King of the Ring. He was the first Money in the Bank winner. He won two Rumbles. He won four Slammies. Um, Hall of Fame, and how many tag team championships do you think he's won? Seven. Is that your real guess? No, it's not. Uh, Tag team championships, I'm going to go 13. I'm going to say 15. 14. Well done. Son of a bitch. (laughs) We averaged out. Nice. We did. Well done, Adam. And that's it for Edge. Nice. Rated our fucking superstar, fucking legend. Yeah. yeah so so far this is how i kind of figured it was going to go 
is you guys are really on your first two picks putting together a Mount, a Mount Rushmore. You have mm-hmm. half of the four faces so far. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to go with an obvious one because the, the guy I was going to pick would be the third face. Um. I'm going to go one. We'll see. I don't know if either of you picked him. Are Sean and Brett not going to make this episode? Well, see, those were too easy. Right. I know. That's why I left. I, I didn't pick them. And those would probably be the other two faces on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So I went with a guy who teamed up with Kurt Henning in the AWA and was okay. a tag team champion there with him. Okay. The great Scott Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good right. call. Good call. So I don't need to so- go over Razor Ramon's credentials because we did an entire episode on how fucking great he was mm-hmm. and how he made a naturally cool character on television and didn't have to force it. So go back and listen to the Razor episode. But that's my pick. That's a good one. And I would say definitely that, um, you know, like I was saying, like you got you have to have become known as a tag team wrestler to qualify. AWA had national TV. So, yes, they did. Definitely. Yes, they and, did. And, and this was, was like 85, 86. He was a tag team champion there. Yeah. And it was big in the magazines. Like I was well aware of AWA even when I didn't have um, cable. So, right. And as you said, yeah. a lot of these guys were singles to, to start off with. He was like Starship Coyote or something like that. So, I mean, he he did have a singles run, but when he became nationally known, as you pointed out, it was in the AWA as right. one half of the tag team with Kurt Henning. But wasn't he in Starship Coyote? There was another Starship, right? That was a tag team, wasn't it? Uh, it was I like believe Starship. so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like Starship Buzzard or something. Yeah, or Buzz Lightyear or something. Yeah. Yeah, there was another Starship that was a tag team. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, that's my uh, that's my first pick. The great Razor Ramon. All right. You're up, Adam. Okay. On on TV as single, but I want to say mainly known as tag team. That's the qualification, right? We'll Well, start off with a tag team. Someone who was first known as a tag team wrestler. Like someone who made their name as a tag team wrestler. The way I see it, I'm going to put him in this list. The wrestling god, JBL. That's fair. Uh, because I know he's like Justin oh, Bradshaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, I would say he was present, but he didn't become mainstream until uh, he was part of the Acolytes. Even the Acolytes are well, part no, of. No, before that, yeah. Adam. Before yeah, that, so he was this, part of the new Blackjacks. Yeah, he oh. came to WWE as a. Uh, no, he didn't come there as a tag team wrestler, but he was he was in a tag team way before that. Yeah, the New Blackjacks, the right. New Blackjacks. Yes, as yeah. part of a tag team with Barry Windham. So, what you guys are saying is that, whew, I did it. All right. Yeah. No, you totally <laughs> did. Yeah, that's a valid pick. Was JBL, and I was actually looking at him. So yeah, there you go. You got it. Yeah, I uh, would disagree because he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw for a while. Before that, you know what I mean? I'm not saying when you first got over, I'm saying when you first became known in a major way. So, um, I would say, yeah, but how much was he on TV, dude? Like he was on TV way more as a new blackjack. I would, I would say like he, uh, as part of the tag teams, he's more known. I would, uh, during his singles run, maybe comparable to like Humberto Carrillo right now. It's like, he's not fired. He's kind of present, but He's not like a mainstream guy. Wait, are you comparing Justin Hawk Bradshaw to that? Or are you comparing JBL that to to Justin Hawk Bradshaw? 
okay, okay. I was like, dude, uh, I don't know if you know, but JBL was in the title match at 21. Okay, got it, got it. No, like, like young in your career, you're in WWF or WWE. You're just present, but you're not a mainstream guy that like 90, 95% of uh, the crowd is there to see. Maybe 98% or 2% of people looking to see Humberto Carrillo. And me. And, and, and Eddie. Anyways. Yeah, JBL- let's not spend too much time on Humberto Carrillo. Like, <laughs> let's keep it moving. Uh, Paul Heyman is the, or, Okay. Paul Heyman is the general manager of SmackDown, uh, gives ultimatum to APA, says a hey, uh, or he says to APA, win, win this match or you're fired. After they lose this match, uh, they go into his office, says, you can't fire us. It turns out the way he said it, it was directed at Farouk. So he said. So it was like, no, Bradshaw, I didn't say you'd both be, be fired. Turns to Farouk, I said you'd be fired. Because J- because Bradshaw, I see potential in you. Following week, he is JBL. And l- limo with longhorns on it, uh, bragging about financial portfolios. <laughs> like, what a true, like, what a transition from, like, a dark wrestler to suddenly, like, Texas financial god. That's true. He did have, like, weird occult symbols on his chest. Yeah. Like, a year before. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, suddenly he's, like, doing financial advice on Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> um, they love occult symbols. Oh, and <laughs> also can't forget, like, his office or APA's office where you have to yeah. knock on the door. Can't just walk in like a fucking animal. But anyways, <laughs> he's... He's JBL, like coming in, it like that true that true um, adult combat style, where you have your athletic jacket with a towel under you. Like he's a he's now a brawler. He's not a dark man that's uh, like ready to rip out your soul. He's like he's a wrestling god. Yeah, he's a wrestling god. He's classically trained, and he's gonna wreck you up. And he's got combat style. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like that concept of like if if you're in a play and you're gonna get in a fight, you can't just go. Uh, if you're in a period piece, they had a different fighting stance. You'd be like, uh, I don't know if I'd something like I that. I don't know if I'd say he's classically trained. I mean, he wasn't well, exactly Bob Backlund. Adam said period. <laughs> I did, but but still, that concept transitioning from like a dark themed wrestler. I feel so honored with those two uh, giving commentary, but but like more of a financially built uh, wrestler. And uh, if that makes sense, it probably doesn't, but I'm running with it. Okay. Uh, I'm calling bullshit on this one, but whatever. It's your, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, legendary high profile and, Kind I mean, of, if you had to remind me today that he was a single wrestler before he was a uh, tag team wrestler, I'd be like, oh, shit, okay, that'll work. But right away, I was like, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Yeah, but he got lost in the shuffle pretty quick as a singles guy. He came back to prominence as part of the new Blackjacks. Yeah, all right. Whatever. And then he rose to prominence again as part of the Acolyte. So I would classify him way more as a tag team guy when he started his career and not so much as a singles guy. I'm with Adam on this one. All right. He's giving me faces. 
Oh, well. But I mean, it's fine. You know, I'm just saying yeah. I, I don't agree. Okay. What was okay. it? Uh, also wearing all those USA jackets and lo- if you let- also d- d- don't disagree, hit us up on Twitter. Let's just also <laughs> say a bit of a racist rivalry with Eddie Guerrero for the with the WWE title. Oh, geez, you think <laughs> a little? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? What was racist about that? There's nothing like racist. The this, this is doing America. Like, huh? <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, that was the era. I mean, dude, he didn't do anything as racist as when Brock brought in a mariachi band and said that they swam a long way to be there. Jesus. (laughs) I was like, damn. Dude, that was like 2000. That was, I guess it was 20 years. No, it was 18 years. That was 2004. But I mean, even in 2004, I was like, fucking really? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hick. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go, Eddie. All right, I'm up next. Uh, okay, my second one is Rikishi. Very nice. Good yes. pick. Hall of Famer. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was trying to go with, the, like I said, I was trying to go in the, with the, you know, not the super obvious ones. Yeah, uh, well Rikishi done. started, do you know where he started, the, his first territory? Uh, I do not know the first territory. I just know the head shrinkers in the WWF. He started in Montreal working for Dino Bravo's Loot International. Oh, wrestling. wow. Okay. Yeah, he, there were several, Um. there was, um, Oh, God, Grand that was Prix. early on then, right? Because Dino passed away in like 93, yeah. 94. Yeah, Rikishi started, I think, in 85. Oh, holy shit. He was, there, he was there. I think something like that, maybe a little later than that. But yeah, like, the, um, well, yeah, he started there in 85 because um, so we tagged with a couple random guys. He had a couple solo matches, started tagging with some random guys, um, and he fairly quickly started the Samoan SWAT team with Samu. OK, um, so th- the Samoan SWAT team started that long ago, 85 in Montreal. Um, And then WCW in like 89, right? Before that, he went to world class. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he was brought in. I don't remember him there. Yeah, he was brought in. I want to say 86. He was brought in by Buddy Roberts to help him um, with the Von Erichs and Michael Hayes, who at that point had quit the Freebirds and became a babyface. Okay. They beat Kerry and Kevin for the tag team titles. Okay. They lost them not long after that, but they won them right back. I think like within a week. That was Von Eric booking. Yeah, right, right. They defended them at Super Clash 3, which was a, a, AWS, <laughs> AWA's only pay-per-view. Okay. Um, so they were on, you know, they're a pretty big deal. You know, tag champs get to be on that show. Um, they went to WCW. They did okay, but they were never a huge, huge deal. You know, they never. Right, I think they got like, zero points at uh, that Starcade that we reviewed. They did, right. They were like the jobbers of that tag team. Yeah, or yeah, that, they weren't a big deal game. really until the head shrinkers. Yeah, so then they they came to WWE as the Head Shrinkers um, in '92. They came in as heels, yep. and they kind of worked a little bit with everybody. They were like mid carders. Um, yes, we kind of right in the middle of the card. '94, uh, they turned babyface, hooked up with Captain Lou. Yep, who uh, wanted to civilize them. Yeah, and make them wear boots. Quote: Make them wear civilize boots. Civilize them. Yes, they won the tag titles from the Quebecers in June, lost them in August. So they only had them for a minute. Samu left the team because he ate some bad fish and got a disease, <laughs> which we <laughs> mentioned before on that SummerSlam 94 episode or whatever it was. Um, I think I think it was SummerSlam Survivor Series, um, dude. Oh, Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he he got, some, uh, Barbarian replaced Barbarian him. Barbarian right? replaced him. So now yeah. he's teaming with. So he's been with Samu since 85. Now he's teaming with Barbarian. Um. 
then the barbarian left and then he went solo. Yep. He ends up doing that terrible ass gimmick that make a difference thing where he's Horrible. like, he's walking around San Francisco um, in cross colors. And he's like, this is my old neighborhood. This is where I grew up in the hood. Yeah. And I can almost fucking guarantee you, please, someone, if, if please, if someone knows this um, and can verify this somehow, I can almost guarantee he's not from San Francisco. He's from Daly City. <laughs> it's I'm just assuming that because I know Alpha and Sika were from Daly City. There's like a huge um, Samoan community in Daly City. So I'm thinking Daly City for people who don't know the area. Daly City is just south of San Francisco borders San Francisco to the south. It's where the Cow Palace actually is. Right. Um, and I'm almost positive he's from Daly City, but he's walking around the hood in San Francisco. Um, which yeah, he's as cool as that guy that shows up in your high school gym to give like a prep talk or oh, a pep teen talk. Reach. Teen, yeah, reach. teen reach. He's as cool yeah. as that guy. Did you have teen reach? Did they come to school when you were there? Fuck teen yeah. Reach? Oh, yeah. yeah. The dude. Yeah. 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 The dude like ripped the phone book and shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. That he was, was as cool as those guys. Yeah. Right. That was Rikishi. He was like a motivational speaker in cross colors. He's like exactly green fucking pants and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that gimmick didn't fucking get over. And he had to go away. He came back repackaged at the Sultan, which also didn't get over. Um, Horrible. The only good thing about that is Iron Sheik was with him. Yep. Um, then they brought him back as a, as Rikishi with sort of a sumo gimmick. That's why he had that wrestling gear where like, you know, he wore a thong basically because it was like a sumo thing. Yep. Um, and then not long after that, he ended up in Too Cool, which got over fucking huge. So that was like his biggest thing up to that point. Um, but kind of after like a year, he started doing some singles matches. He wrestled, he had that cage match with Val Venus. Um, and then he turned heel in 2000 after he hit stone cold with his car, <laughs> which he yeah. revealed that he was mad at stone cold because, um, the Islanders never got the chances that stone cold got. And he mentioned Peter by these guys do it for you. Um, I did it for the rock. <laughs> yeah, I did it for the rock. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then it came out the triple H hired him to do it. And then he had his big solo run. Um, he worked with Austin Rock. He had Hogan's first match back in the company. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, which like that's actually a, that's a that's like an honor. Is that what you, is that, an honor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Hogan's first back match back was with Rikishi. Hogan won, but he took a stink face. Oh, then okay. he had a quick feud with Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper didn't actually wrestle him, but Sean O'Hare did. But he ended up hitting Roddy Piper with a coconut. The whole feud started because Rikishi was pissed at him for hitting Jimmy Snooker with a coconut okay. 400 years ago. And approximately. Uh, approximately, yeah. Um, and then he ended up leaving WWE. He finished his career in TNA, Hall of Fame 2015. And um, credentials, he was IC champ, two-time tag team champion, and he won the Slammy for best etiquette, whatever that is. Hmm. I also want to add hell of a, or made famous by the Undertaker at Armageddon. Oh, was that the cage match? The yeah. cell match? The hell in a yeah, cell. six way hell in a cell. He went off the cell and landed on that bed of hay yeah. or whatever. That bed of the truck with full of hay. Mm-hmm. And his his heel theme music. I'm a bad man. Oh, right, right. Yeah. All right, Scott, you're up. I'm going to pee while you get started. Well, um, you might actually dispute this one. All right, go ahead. Because I know you had issue with Adams. It'll just take me a sec, dude. I got a coffee cup here. Um, go ahead. Drunk okay. wrestling history catheters, people. Please help us. 
So I'm going to go back to Mid-South. Okay. There was a tag team that started there. Two muscle-bound freaks. Okay. Black face paint, black tights. Black face? Black face paint. Oh. Not not what you said. Okay. I was like, are you, is this going to be Ultimate no. Warrior? There was, <laughs> you're damn close. Uh, it's it's Sting. Hogan, it's going to be Hogan and Warrior? <laughs> no, I'm going Sting on okay. my second pick. Well, I'd like to start by saying I love that you're going with Sting and not Warrior. Well, Warrior, it was a, it was a toss up. OK, I was going to go either way, but I knew you'd get pissed about Warrior. And he said he the more goes I read either about way. Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I wouldn't get pissed <laughs> about Warrior. I mean, he meets the criteria for the episode. No, I know, but he's not a great guy. So, oh, well, no, but whatever, you know. Yeah, but Sting's better anyway. Like, if I'm going to yeah. start going over, like, who had the better career, clearly right. it was Sting. If you so, get nicknamed the icon, good indication. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to disagree with this, but, um, and this will kind of come up in my next one, Mid-South was pretty regional and pretty geographically small. But so, UWF, they did wrestle in the UWF, okay. and they did have... TV coverage because I right. actually saw them here on T on um, KBHK channel You're 44. Right. You're right. I forgot. I forgot about UWF. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. Very good. Okay. Uh, okay. Now I don't disagree and now I'm going to go pee. Okay. Go pee. So I don't know what I need to say about Sting that the listeners don't already know, but multi-time heavyweight champion, multi-time mid-level champion, be it TV, US, you name it. He had it. Tag team champion, Wrestled in the WWF, TNA, WCW, the NWA, UWF, Mid-South. Like, you name it. Currently AEW, he's partnering with Darby, but... Yeah, still going. Still going. Still going. And he's a Hall of Famer. A WWE Hall of Famer. uh, One of my favorite of all time. And while I don't know that he would make my Mount Rushmore, because I know we've got Edge and Jeff Hardy up there already... I think Sean and Brett would probably occupy the other two spots. But if they were going to carve a fifth up there, for me, I think it would be Sting. I like I like that pick. Thank you. Like, yeah, they, and I've always been a huge Sting like, fan. So he's like as a singles guy, he's one of the key single figures going against the NWO. Yes, uh, all exactly. Those, like rafter entrances, uh baseball bat attacks. Um, I forget who it, it was against. I think after NWO lit on fire and thrown off a stage. Oh, that was against Vampiro. Vampiro. Okay, there we go. Yep. Yeah. No, he was a badass. And thank you for bringing up the crow gimmick because mm-hmm. that was a complete polar opposite to the uh, the blonde, sur- the surfer, the gimmick, surfer sting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was the polar opposite of that. He changed his character. Like Eddie was talking about Jeff Hardy, like Sting completely flipped the script. And was able to enjoy, I I would say probably more success when he became the Crow character versus the blonde surfer sting because that gave his career longevity and he's still riding that gimmick today all these years later. So, I mean, Sting, as you said, Adam, he is, in my opinion, the icon 
Hall of Famer, multi-time champion, all over the place. So it's also there you not go. just That's my because pick. it's also not just because of a performance. It's like backstage uh, persona. He's he's welcoming. He knows that he can't go like at full speed now, but he instead yeah. he's going to pass on that knowledge and wisdom, like not just to Darby Allen, but to anybody that's hungry to get in the ring. Yeah, he's he'll, a learning he'll do that. Absolutely. I don't know, man. If Darby Allen was listening to him, he wouldn't be doing that coffin drop to the fucking floor. <laughs> I think I think Steve would, I think uh Sting would try to talk him out of that shit. Yeah, don't call Sting by his first name, please. I didn't even you know that was That's just like disrespectful. a disrespectful. No, that was like a total <laughs> slip of the tongue and no, I, I, as I said it I realized I'm accidentally saying his first name. Yeah. Sorry Sting if you're listening. He didn't yeah. mean it. Sorry, yeah. Sorry Steve. Calm down. <laughs> All right, well there you go. That's my number 2. You're my second favorite Borden. <laughs> All right. My last one, Bubba Ray Dudley. Good pick. Great pick. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. All right. Yeah, because he has had a really good singles run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say like, okay, maybe it didn't last. Doesn't Dude, last just, as long. I, I would no, say maybe. I think it, I think his singles run has been longer. Well, when did he become a single in what? Oh, nine. Fuck. Uh, 2010. Because he was single a couple times. He was in well, WWE. But I would still say that even in WWE, after the initial uh, uh, draft lottery and split up yes. with uh, Devon, he still teamed with Spike. That's true. So I'm okay. going to say like he was still being part of tag teams. And yeah, then, didn't win any singles belts. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he got the hardcore title for five minutes. I don't know, but oh, maybe. But, yeah. you're, but you're not going to be. But he's not going to be known for that. Uh, uh, it's pretty much so. Two thousand ten, or after signing with TNA, like high profile matches on and off with either injuries or uh, contract. Uh, having to work those out properly. At some point, uh, there Dudley's come out and say, we're going to retire. We want one more match. I think they did it against the Motor City Machine Guns. Lost that, lost that match. And then following week, they do their, like, uh, a ceremony to honor them. And then uh, Bully, or Bubba turns on Devon hits him turns out they're not retiring from wrestling they're just retiring storyline as uh as team 3d so now what a great angle <laughs> yeah so he does this to prove that he's actually the stronger one of the two becomes bully ray hardcore 5150 starts wearing the yankee uh beanie he's worn misfits a few times Ew. as well Stop it. But uh, he becomes a motherfucker uh, on TNA. Uh, initial uh, rivalry with Devon brings his kids into it. To prove that he is the stronger one, he handcuffs uh, Devon and uh, threatens to hit his kids with uh, chairs and put them through tables. You see <laughs> Devon How old were the kids? Oh, they're like... Like older teen or adult age. Oh, I was hoping you were gonna say like three. Oh yeah. 
punt those fuckers. <laughs> You're like a Ricky Steamboat kid guy with I'll a chair. Pu- I'll, pu- oh, fuck. <laughs> I'll punt you like burgundy. <laughs> we bring Snitsky up in here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Stare at their feet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, and then... Really? That turns you on? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it, like even though he aligns himself with uh, factions, he's he's still convincing that he's in it for himself, of which includes uh, a rivalry with AJ Styles at Slammiversary 9. He knocks off AJ in a last man standing match. Um, a few years later... He would, or now you get the aces and eights angle, practically NWO again, uh, mysteriously attacking random wrestlers, not attacking him. He gets a match against uh, TNA champion Jeff Hardy at lockdown, and all these aces and eights uh, guys are trying to butt, get into the match, invade. Finally, they get into the cage. Uh, also, also Devon is revealed to be a member of uh, Aces and Eights. Pulls out a hammer, and uh, Bully Ray turns around, hits Jeff with it, gets himself a TNA title. So, pretty much that first singles run between turning on Devon up until winning it, he is a singles wrestler. Now he's the president of this monster faction. After Aces and Eights breaks up, then he has his famed rivalry against Dixie Carter. Brooke Hogan. Oh, Dixie Carter. Brooke Hogan. When did he start <laughs> fucking Brooke Hogan? Uh, it was uh, during that Aces and Eights uh, angle. So pretty much af- after that match, that, huh? uh, tells the Ho- goes to Hogan's like, uh, I used you, Brooke. I screwed you. And to the crowd, I fooled you. I was actually the president <laughs> of Aces and Eights. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But literally, like, a whole singles run, right? He didn't have the heavyweight title as a single, but right before he does uh, a legendary single uh, singles run, and then after that breakup, his heated one with uh, Dixie Carter, and just obsessed with putting her through a table. Which he eventually does. See, what I, I like a- about it is Bubba Ray could come back like right now. And he doesn't yeah. need to be with Devon and he doesn't need to be a singles. He could go either way and he's believable with Devon or as a single. He established himself as a monster in both singles yeah. and tag team territories. So, Adam, and I think the, that's a great pick. And the motherfucker can get heat. He could come out and He'll get the shit out of his him. Right. If, he yeah. showed up, if he showed up on Raw Monday, it would be the pop of the year. The place would go fucking bonkers and yeah. he could have them wanting to throw shit at him within a minute. If he's at the rumble, he's getting the loudest pop of the night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But give him, give him a microphone and let him talk oh, some dude. shit. Like yeah. the oh, people that, are going to want to climb over of, the fucking barricade. All that yeah. disgusting offensive shit in ECW. He was, he found a way to refine that and use it as bully Ray. And yeah. he'll, and he'll find a way to properly express that. If he was in the ring now. He might totally, have been yeah. the last guy to get that real heat where people really want to get in the ring and fight him. Mm-hmm. Like, in the you know, the late 90s and the ECW, like, those fans, they weren't fucking yelling, fuck you, 
for fun. You know what I mean? There was venom so, behind that shit. No, they had their hands on their mm-hmm. shoes they, in their pocket, dude. Yeah, those people legitimately wanted to fight that fucking guy. Oh, yeah. And that's one of those things you always hear the stories about the territories about. Yes. You know, yes. this guy got stabbed and whatever. And Freddie Blassie got hit in the eye with a hard boiled, frozen hard boiled egg and shit. When they were really trying to, or there was a riot at the cow palace. The yeah. W's were sort of the last of that, like the last guys to get that real heat. And it was all Bubba because he was the one that was always on the mic. Right. And I have yeah. no doubt he could, I think he could, I mean, 25 years ago, people were as smart to what's going on as they are now. I don't think a lot's changed. You know, those ECW fans knew what was going on. Uh, they didn't think it was a real thing. You know, they knew what he was doing. But they, they wanted like to him. fucking kill his ass. Yeah, he so could get think, it against today. Mm-hmm. I th- I think he could. I think he yeah. could. Yeah, yeah. Especially in a uh, smaller place like that, you know, where people get more fired up. And you know, I'm sure there was a lot of drinking going on in the ECW arena. You think? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, also, at that lockdown event, after he revealed oh, himself to be president, everybody started throwing their beer cans into the cage. So it's like. <laughs> doesn't even bother him he's like motherfuckers this is not my first time <laughs> yeah, at least it's not chairs yeah see that kind of upsets me because i know you can't throw an empty beer can that far <laughs> yeah what i know what, what you a mean fucking too. waste those losers all right <laughs> i will get to my third one um and yeah this definitely wasn't the drink up because we're uh coming up on that we're gonna be just over an hour by the time this is done yeah, Which thanks, Alberto Carrillo. <laughs> Son of a bitch. My bad. <laughs> and WrestleMania 26. Um, <laughs> okay, my number three, and going with my um, whole theme of not wanting to get obvious people, I'm going with Rick Martell. Uh, wait a second. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tony Gurria. Okay, Tony Gurria. I got you. Yeah, okay, so, I got yeah. you. So I Rick Martell was a guy he started in Canada, obviously. I believe Stampede was his first territory. Um, but he worked all over the world. He worked Stampede. He worked Hawaii. He was the booker in Hawaii for a bit. He worked New Zealand, Puerto Rico. The first major American place he was at was Portland. Um, and he wasn't a tag team wrestler. <laughs> but I'm not Ooh, really, me. you know, it's Portland. Like Portland was a was a Portland was a very successful territory, but it was a small territory, you know, um geographically. They only ran a few I mean, I think they did Portland. I think they did Seattle once in a while with a couple big cities and uh, uh, Bend, Oregon. You know, I think they didn't do a lot of big cities. They didn't have any major TV coverage. So I'm not counting that. He um, went to WWE in 1980, which I have a typo that says 1908. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's very old. (laughs) Yeah, he's very old. Looks Um, great for his age. He does. He does. Yeah, very sexy. (laughs) <laughs> and right away was, right away he was putting into a tag team with um one of my favorites tony Gurria. he they debuted in july and in november they beat the wild simones for the tag title so the reason i'm saying i know wwf was a territory but it was a major territory they had more big cities than any other territory you know they had geographically they weren't quite as big as the awa but they were close but I mean, they were like kind of the top, you know, it's always Crockett and WCCW. They were the top territory. They were the ones that were getting on the cover of every damn PWI magazine. Right. They were the ones that were that were doing really big rooms every week in every city because they had so many. It's just such a high population density over there. There. Right. Um, so that's why I'm saying that's why I'm counting him 
as having made his name became a big deal as a tag team wrestler. 100% um, agree with you, dude. Yeah. So they won the tag team titles in November from the Wild Samoans. They lost them to the Moon Dogs a few months later, then won them right back. Then they lost them to Fuji and Saito. And then when I read that, I was like, Fuji is my honorable mention because Fuji definitely was a guy who was a big deal as a tag team wrestler. That's right. Um, you know, and really he's most known for being a manager. So I wouldn't even say he had a major singles run. He was a pretty big single star in San Francisco, but on a major level, he's most well known for being a manager, but he was a big, he was very well known in that territory for tag team with Saito and, um, uh, Toro Tanaka. Yep. Uh, he left for AWA from 82 to 86. Got their heavyweight title. Uh, yeah, won the heavyweight title, came back to WWE in 86, and then he teamed with Tom Zink as the yes. Can-Am, Can-Am Connection, which is the worst name in the history of tag team wrestling. Yes. Um, they actually started as a tag team in Loot International, which is, I mentioned oh, before, Dino, it was Bravo. Dino Bravo's yeah. promotion. Yeah. Um, they were there for a minute, like kind of just getting their shit together as a tag team. Then they ended up going to work for Vince. Um, they kicked off WrestleMania 3 against Orton in Morocco. Yep. And the team split when Tom Zink got mad because he somehow thought Martel was getting paid more. Yes, that's what Martel like totally denies that. He's like, no, Vince paid us as a tag team. We both got paid the same. Then he ended up teaming with Tito for the strike as the strike force. They won the tag team titles, lost them to demolition at four. Um, Rick Martel. I thought Rick Martel went out after that cane shot to the back of the head. But when I was uh, studying up on this, he actually got hurt in a match with demolition in Oakland in June. That's oh. when he left. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you're talking 30 something, 34 years ago. So that's why I remembered it wrong. Um, came back, they split up at five and then he goes on to his solo career as the model, which to this day is one of my favorite fucking gimmicks of all time. <laughs> his button. <laughs> he, was, he had the button. He, he comes out, he's in the, in the, uh, the lavender tights with the lavender coat. Yep. With a giant like six inch button that says, yes, I am a model and arrogance. <laughs> and he's got the arrogance, which is in like a. Um, atomizer, like, a you know, one of those things that you would put like bug spray in, like an exterminator would use. Yes. But, like, but an exterminator would use it in a cartoon. <laughs> it's you like know? oversized. Yeah, it's like huge. <laughs> right. Right. Like if like if Bugs Bunny was going to go kill some bugs, he would use that thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> and it said arrogance on the side of it, like it was fucking great. Um, Got it at the Acme store. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Biggest highlights of that run would be he blinded Jake the Snake. I think it was on the Brother Love Show. Correct. With the arrogance, sprayed it in his face, which led to a tag team or not a tag team match, a blindfold match at WrestleMania Six. Probably one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time. I loved it, dude. I thought that was an entertaining match. I know it gets a lot of shit, but I was entertained by it, and I could still watch that now and have a good time watching it. Uh, but it was a disaster. Yeah, it was a disaster. And then SummerSlam 92, he was in that feud with um, Sean, where they did the no hitting in the face thing. And you guys can go back and listen to our SummerSlam 92 episode because that was fantastic so, match. And that was the number three match of the show. Yep. You know, so the second biggest show of the year he was in the third biggest match yep um and then he sort of fizzled out he had a title match against macho man at uk rampage 92 and he went to wcw for a minute as a mirror carter and that was kind of it he did win the tv title there mm. he did that's true yeah 
Yeah, he was uh, decorated in WCW and uh, got injured, lost his title to, I believe it was Booker T. Wait, was he on your list? Rick Martel? Yeah. No. Okay, you look like you're reading notes. I am reading notes. I'm looking at my third guy. Oh, okay. Who's your third? Okay, let's get into your third guy. Are you done with Martel? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, My third. Also, also, Carissa wouldn't fuck him um, per our... Uh, yeah, the Valentine's, Valentine's episode. episode. Yeah, and I don't remember if Shannon would. I don't remember. Yeah, Rissa said he would be bad. Right. It would probably depend on the amount of whiskey that had been consumed. Well, you could say that about anyone. That's true. That's true. Also, depending on how much whiskey she consumed, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might not be that bad. <laughs> All right. So my third is one of your favorites, Eddie. Okay. I had several names, and of course, I will throw an honorable mention their way at the completion of this list. But my third is one half of Harlem Heat, Booker T. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Booker T had to make my list. Decorated as a tag team champion in WCW. It seems like they were basically the tag team title holders from around like 94. 293 basically all the way up until Booker T started a single run. It was like if the yeah. if Harlem Heat didn't have the tag titles, somebody else was just keeping them warm for them. Yeah, they'd lose it but win it back like really quickly. Exactly. Exactly. Harlem Heat was a fantastic tag team. WCW booked them so well. And once Booker T started that singles run, he never looked back. Mm-hmm. He he started off with a TV title. And went on to win the U.S. title, the heavyweight title, then transitioned over to the WWE, was in that great feud with Stone Cold where they brawled in the supermarket. <coughs> mm-hmm. and Which I believe was in Fresno. Yeah. Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Yeah. Went on to win multiple championships in the WWE from the tag team title to the IC belt to the U.S. title. Uh, he feuded with The Rock. They had a heavyweight title match. Uh, mm-hmm. went on to become King Booker and the ultimately king, the greatest king of all king time. The greatest Booker. king of all time went on to have one of your favorite matches at WrestleMania 22 with Boogeyman. Boogeyman, yeah. And you told him so. I did tell him that when I met him, yeah. And ultimately went on to become a WWE Hall of Famer, very well deserved. One, Honestly, one of the best of all time. Yeah. I, if he's not in your top 10, I, have you, you been, get the been hell watching out. wrestling? Like, yeah. Yeah. Stop listening to our show and go listen to some other bullshit because I mean, Booker it, T's. Well, when you see like the, I mean, how many wrestlers are, are you aware of? Like probably over a thousand, but pick, pick his era and he's yes. probably in your top 10. You know what I mean? Like, For so, sure. so, so I would say like the two thousands, right? For sure. Um, or even like the, like 98 to 2008 in that era. Yeah. He should be in everyone's top 10. Almost. I mean, <coughs> Absolutely. hard to argue against that. Yeah, exactly. So, that rounds out my three. I've got Razor Ramon, Sting, and Booker T. All right. And I do have some honorable mentions. Go for it. Arn Anderson. Okay. Started off as okay. one half of the Andersons with yeah. Ole. Yeah. Even though he wasn't blood. Started off right. as one half of a tag team with him. Once he transitioned off to be a singles wrestler, took off, became... TV champion, became tag team champion multiple times with multiple guys. Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco, Tully Blanchard, 
became TV champion numerous times. Again, was never a heavyweight title guy. That's why he didn't make my top three. But I wanted to throw it out to Arne Anderson. Of course, Scott Steiner. One half oh, of the Steiner call. brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's mm-hmm. an honorable mention. He did win the heavyweight tag team title or the heavyweight title. Won numerous tag team championships, even without Rick. Um, great career. Obviously, went on to the WWE. His his career in WWE wasn't so great, but went on to Impact and had a great career there. So mm-hmm. honorable mention there. And uh, obviously, you obvi- you mentioned him earlier, Eddie, the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And I'm gonna go a little bit nerd here and go indie guy, Adam Cole. One half of Future Shock with Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle Kyle O'Reilly. Yes. Well, if you want to go indie, you could go with Claudio too, right? Yes, you could because he was one half of a tag team with Chris Hero. He -hmm. did technically start off as a singles guy, but gained greater fame as one half of the Kings of Wrestling with Chris Hero. Well, but that's the criteria. Everybody started off as a singles guy. Yeah, but I mean, he was known as a singles guy too. Like had a good career going, but then like really shot to that next level with Chris Hero. Okay. But yeah, uh, Arn Anderson, Adam Cole, baby, and Scott Steiner. And Ultimate Warrior, because you just got to throw him in. Yeah, that's fair. There you go. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. That takes care of our tag wrestlers lists. What did you think of uh, the wrestlers that we chose? Who did we miss? Please let us know on the social media platforms. That would be Twitter while it's still up. It looks like, <laughs> looks like, uh, yeah. It lo- oh yeah, Carissa got logged out of her Twitter and can't log back in. The fuck? <laughs> she got yeah, fired. She never, yeah, she never logged out. She just went to open it today. She was logged out, and when she went to log in, it said that this account already exists. So, oh shit. Yeah. So, All well right. done, uh, Elon. Great job, Elon. Yeah, thank you. Quit building rockets and help Carissa out. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Or whatever the hell you're doing over at Twitter headquarters, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok wrestling underscore drunk. Please uh, like, share, and subscribe. Smash that subscribe button and please tell your family, friends, skills, and faces about our show. Remember to rate our show so that we could get like ratings boosts and recognition boosts and all that uh, fun stuff so that we could have more drunk wrestling content for you. On behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy Buzz Watch Wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody's watching. And we'll see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three. Tag. You're it. Tag.